that you're trying to keep people alive here for crying out loud. You got cancer. You want to live. Most people want to live uh, and they're going to do whatever they can, but they go to their doctor thinking that he knows what's going on. 90% of the time he has no clue. He has no knowledge about what's going on. He knows only what he's been trained to do. He doesn't know the biochemistry and the biology of the disorder that he's treating. And this is the tragedy. You know, we have a clear plan for success. We're just not implementing it the way we should. Kerry here for the Carnivore Diet Movie. And thank you so much for watching our YouTube videos and listening to our podcasts. It's because of you and your support that we're able to do this carnivore diet documentary. We're making great progress, and I'm not going to stop until we reach millions of people. But we still need to raise more funds in order to film this properly to the level needed to get it on one of these big streaming services. So we're asking for your help. If you would, please visit www.carnivoredietmovie.com. And once you're there, you can sign up for free to our email newsletter. And once a week, we'll be sending out updates behind the scenes. Uh, we'll tell you about new meetups. We'll give you special invites and things like that. Completely free. Sign up there. The other thing you can do at the website is purchase our little portable travel size Redmond salt shaker with a keychain holder. People have been loving these. We offered them on our 24 hour live stream. You can purchase these right on the website and every proceed, every penny that we get from profit goes right towards the carnivore diet documentary. And the other thing we have there are the water bottles and the cutting boards. They're completely customizable and you can engrave them. Every penny from those goes to support the Carnivore Diet documentary. You can also uh, link on over to the GoFundMe. That's where we'll get the most bang for your buck is there. So please visit www.carnivoredietmovie.com. Thank you. Welcome to Healing Humanity, the Power of a Proper Human Diet. Uh, about two months ago, we recorded a cancer roundtable discussion. My thing was, I didn't want to die. Um, like my liver is fully covered, so they've deemed me inoperable, incurable, palliative, terminally ill. I knew I didn't want to get, go through chemo again. It had already spread to my liver and my lungs, so now I was terminal. With that news, it was kind of shocking. Without treatment, I think I have about a couple months to live. The, the thing that we're trying to emphasize is that if you do metabolic therapy the correct way, you can not only manage the, the disorder, but you can also correct... Uh, uh, and fix many, many other problems that some cancer patients might have, like diabetes, high blood pressure, hypertension. So you, you actually get healthier as you're degrading your tumor. It's down now to 0 0.05, which is almost nothing. So here I am about uh, 15 months, 18 months later, and I'm doing really well. I did that for 2020. In December 2020, I was cancer-free. My wife had a stage four cancer diagnosis uh, and she used metabolic therapies. One year later, she was cancer free. And I'm not saying we throw out all chemo because obviously you folks have done really well with chemo. What we're finding with fasting and part metabolic, part chemo, what we're finding is that dosages of chemo uh, can be lowered significantly and still have powerful therapeutic efficacy. If you want to live and you want to get healthy, you do metabolic therapy. And it's reached nearly 400,000 views. It's helped a lot of folks out, and we're here to delve deeper into that. Um, you can find the links to that video below, along with several links to Professor Seafried and Jeff in the description. Uh, Jeff DeProsperous, my good friend, is also here as well from Blessings on My Journey. 
Jeff is on a path to become cancer-free, and his channel is also in a link in the description below. And so today we have several questions uh, that came about from our previous roundtable discussion. Jeff has several questions of his own. So welcome, Jeff. Welcome, uh, Professor Seafried. I thank you both for being here today for this uh, important discussion. Thank you. Nice yes. to be here. Yes, thanks, Carrie. Professor Seafried, could you please explain in simple sort of layman's terms how the metabolic theory of cancer differs from the traditional genetic mutation model? Well, uh, you know, um, it's called the somatic mutation theory versus the mitochondrial metabolic theory. Um, in one in one theory, the, the somatic mutation theory says that uh, all cancers are caused by mutations in the nuclear genome. Um, and that underlies the strategy for precision medicine and personalized therapy and, and these kinds of things. Um, the other theory, the correct theory, the mitochondrial um, metabolic theory, says that the mutations are certainly there, but they're downstream effects uh, of the damage to the energy producing organelle in, in the cell, which is called the mitochondrion. So a damaged mitochondrion will produce reactive oxygen species, ROS. Um, these are carcinogenic and mutagenic. So the mutations that we see in many cancer cells or many tumors, all kinds of mutations, are downstream effects of the damage to the respiration. So what that means is that the cells are, are, can't get energy from oxygen. Cancer cells cannot. Um, they can grow in the absence of oxygen, clear indication that they've got a real problem. They're using fermentation, which is an ancient pathway to get energy without oxygen. And we have interrogated all the amino acids and fuels that these cells can try to use. And our, all of our findings and many other findings from other investigators point to glucose and glutamine as the only two major fuels that can drive the dysregulated growth of tumor cells. Um, and because they have that respiration defect, they can't use fatty acids or ketone bodies as an alternative fuel for glucose and glutamine. You need to respire fatty acids and ketone bodies. You need oxygen to burn, the, get the energy. And tumor cells don't use oxygen. They grow in fermentation metabolism. So the solution, the pathway to the management of all major cancers is to simultaneously restrict the availability of glucose and glutamine while transitioning the body to fatty acids and ketone bodies. And this way, the tumors are marginalized and destroyed without toxicity. So this will be eventually the standard of care. It's just going to take, I don't know how many years, because it's a, it's a disruptive technology. It's a, disrupt, a disruptive concept. And it's not going to be taken lightly by, by the system, uh, which is which is the hospitals, the pharmaceutical industries, and all of the um, current uh, organizations that, that treat uh, and try to manage cancer. All right. Thank you for that, Professor Seafried. And for anyone watching that wants to learn more about that, we'll have a link in the description below. In the previous roundtable video, we dig into that a lot uh, further. So, uh, so, Jeff, I'll hand it over to you now. I know you had some questions, some follow-up questions from our, our last meeting. Yes, thanks, Carrie, and thanks, uh, Professor Seaford, for uh, 
laying that out in layman's terms. Um, do you think wanna... that, do you, uh, Jeff, do you think that yes. was in layman's terms? Well, I'll be honest with you. I probably have to rewatch it. A no, few no, times no, no, no. And... Listen, yes. one of the thing, one of the things I have to do emphasize in my class, in my lectures here at Boston college, we pound home scientific literacy without scientific literacy. You might as well be speaking in hieroglyphics or some other strange in tongues. Okay. Yes. Um, because people can't understand. Um, listen, when your life is on the line with a disease that could potentially kill you, um, it becomes important to become scientifically literate as fast as you possibly can. Uh, otherwise you could be uh, swept away. So, um, so yeah, I understand some of these, but I get the overview that I just gave you is a really a, a, a tiny snapshot of decades and decades of scientific hard research done in the laboratories. So, um, and, and I know it can be sometimes overwhelming for some folks that, that aren't working in the trenches like we are. Um, but, but we try to do our best and what I can do is, is attempt to answer any question in greater detail that might be necessary to convey the message. Absolutely. And uh, that scientific literacy went back to the works of uh, Otto Warburg. Is that correct? That That's basically where you uh, have started from? I have started from what Otto Warburg had found. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, Professor Seaford and Carrie, uh, when we did that round table, um, I learned a lot from Professor Seaford. And I think when we did the round table, um, that was a few months ago, I, uh, I was coming off a chemo break. I did chemo from, uh, and by the way, everybody that there's new people tuning in, I think right now, I have stage four colon cancer that has fully meta metastasized to the liver. And I've been on this journey that I'm on uh, for about 20 21, 22 months now. Um, I was diagnosed, fully diagnosed in April of 2022. So I'm coming up on two years. Um, and when we did the round table conversation, I did a full year of chemotherapy. Um, I think my chemotherapy, and I'm probably going to be saying this wrong, full fury with five uh, FU, the bottle. Mm -hmm. I did that for a full uh, 12 months uh, every other week. And along with my own type of metabolic therapy that I created in terms of uh, diet, supplements, fasting, exercise, um, natural path, osteopath, a whole bunch of different regimens that I added on to chemo that your traditional chemo uh, patient does not really do because they put all their... Uh, they put all their trust in the medical doctors, which which is fine. It's good. But I think I know that Carrie has taught me and, and yourself, Professor Seifer, has taught me you need to take things in your own hands. And like you said, you have to understand the scientific literacy um, of what's going on yeah, at the cellular level. So the last time we, we talked, um, I, I started up chemo. I had a chemo break from June, July and August. And then I was I started up chemo in September. Um and basically, after my three months of that chemo, uh, we had a scan and my two tumors on my liver grew a little bit. So that 
forced my oncologist to take me off full fury. And now I'm on uh, the second line of chemo. I think I, off the top of my head, Professor Seifert, I think it's Fall Fox is what it's called, something along that line. And so I'm on Fall Fox with the 5FU bottle as well. So I started that. Uh, tomorrow I have chemo again. It's my third third round of the new second line of chemo, Full Fox. Um, and I'm not taking it as a setback. I'm taking it as a side shuffle. I think in the summertime when I was off chemo, my father got sick and he passed away in September. So there was a lot of stresses, I think, on my mitochondria, um, along with probably I, I probably slacked a little bit when it came to metabolic uh, therapy. Um, so there was a lot of stresses that I don't think it was just me being off chemo that caused a couple tumors to respond the way it did. Um, but I'm on track now. I just got back from uh, a vacation in Florida with my family for 10 nights. And I exercised every single day on the beach with my sons. And I ate carnivore. Um, I'll be honest with you, I was a little bit more keto because I had some keto desserts with my family. Um, I was taking my supplements. I was exercising. I was getting the vitamin D um, from the Florida, South Florida sunshine. So I was feeling feeling i'm feeling really good i just got home last night to uh ontario that's where i live um it kind of depressing today because there's snow and slush and rain coming down i'm sure the weather in boston is probably not the greatest either no. um but anyways um that was just a summary carrie was that okay that i just did that yeah absolutely yeah and you know the i have a bunch of questions for you professor seaford and um i think i'll probably start with uh you've kind of come up with this pressure pulse um, treatment, pressure pulse, I believe that's what you call it. And you use uh, a very old medicine called DONS. Um, sorry, that's the acronym DONS for, you can probably explain that what it is. Does, is my question is about DONS and I'll, then I'll get into a little bit more of the pressure pulse theory is, is DONS, is it main purpose to suppress glutamine because glucose and glutamine are the two fuel sources? Is that the main, the main purpose of Don's? Yeah, it's, it's called Don D O N. Okay. Don. Yes. Don. And it's okay. um, six deoxy uh, norleucine, oxonorleucine. It's okay. a, it's a molecule that looks very, very similar to glutamine, the amino acid glutamine. So, um, Glutamine is an essential fuel for driving tumor cells, especially metastatic cancer cells. Um, metastatic cancer cells that we have found in all major cancers have characteristics of macrophages, which is an immune cell in our body, a very powerful immune cell. Um, they naturally have the capability of moving in and out of tissues, um, they track down and kill bacteria. They help repair tissues and all this. Um, they are the metastatic cell. They have fused with either a stem cell or have become corrupted themselves. And we know from decades and decades of research that uh, glutamine is the primary fuel for macrophages. So when we discovered that the metastatic cancer cells have um all of these macrophage characteristics the first thing we know from the scientific literature is what they eat uh, we know that glutamine is a prime fuel for macrophages if if 
most metastatic cancers are derived in some way or another from macrophages, then we know what they need to fuel themselves uh, to grow, and that's glutamine. So that brought us to uh, uh, recognize Don as a potential uh, drug that could interfere with the way glutamine drives the energy in the metastatic cancer cells, knowing that glutamine is a main fuel for macrophages and that metastatic cancer cells, for the most part, express characteristics of macrophages. So we were pleasantly surprised at how powerful when we when we have we have a model of the best model of metastatic cancer uh, in a natural model of metastatic cancer, we were surprised at how powerful Don was in killing metastatic cancer cells. Um, then we we looked further and and went into the human literature, and um, uh, many clinical studies had been done in patients with cancer over the years with Don, and it was taken off because they said it was too toxic. Um, uh, this drug uh, was, and it was toxic in the mouse as well. But I, I met some guy from the pharmaceutical company, um, a, a big pharmaceutical company guy. And he said, um, if you have a drug that's really therapeutically effective, but toxic, and you find a way to remove its or reduce its toxicity, then it becomes like a new drug. Uh, a new improve. In other words, you maintain the therapeutic efficacy while removing what was previously considered a toxic secondary effect. Well, we found that. We know that we, when we administer the drug under nutritional ketosis, the level of toxicity from this drug is massively reduced. So um, if I were to have cancer, uh, any kind of a cancer, brain tumor, colon cancer, whatever, I would be taking Don while in therapeutic ketosis, along with embendazole, uh, uh, which is the a very similar another drug that can target glucose and glutamine, but not as powerful as Don. Don is a Don is the big hammer. Um, when you use Don, embendazole, and ketogenic diets, uh, bringing you get the power of the uh, dietary shift in the body, and you make the tumor cells extremely vulnerable to this diet drug cocktail. And our paper that we published recently in BioArchives shows how in pediatric brain cancer, the number one killer of little kids' cancer death is glioma, a high-grade glioma. And we have a, a very good model for high-grade pediatric glioma. And for the first time, we use this diet drug cocktail with Don and Bendazole and ketogenic diet. And you can look at the video in the paper, it's unbelievable. Uh, uh, and, and it'll work just as well in adults. It'll work because we're targeting the very essence of what the tumor cell needs to survive. So they can't use ketone bodies and fatty acids. So they're supremely dependent on fermentation. And one of the fermentable fuels is glucose and the other fermentable fuel is glutamine. And, and Dawn is interfering with the glutamine pathway and the ketogenic diet and embendazole are interfering with the glucose pathway. So you put the two together and you have a diet drug cocktail that has the potential to successfully manage the majority of metastatic cancers. Problem is, Don is not available. It was taken off. Uh, and for all this talk about um, freedom to choose or what is it called? There's names for these things um, that you that you should be able to 
what is it? There's a name for this whole process. Right to try. I, I think that the term is right to try. The problem is you go and try to do the right to try Don and you got massive bureaucratic paperwork, not only in your state government, but also in the federal government. Now, what, what's what's really disturbing is that Don was used on little kids with leukemia and it did it did pretty well. The papers were published by Dr. Sullivan some years ago. Uh, they were Don was used against a variety of cancers. It wasn't used in the correct way. The dosages were too high and they weren't using it with under ketosis or with glucose targeting at the same time. So again, you have we have a tool in the uh, that's available that will have a major effect on reducing metastatic cancer and we're not able, no one's able to get it. But I know I can buy it from chemical companies and things like this. I mean, I have uh, access to this, but you wouldn't. And a lot of the a lot of the physicians don't have access to it. Uh, and um, you know that you can get it from China. Uh, the problem, of course, is it needs to be vetted to make sure it's not something that's going to kill you. Um, you know, we've tested a few of these things and, and, it, and it works. And of course, you don't think the drug companies know about this. So they're taking the Don molecule and they're trying to tweak it, add, uh, uh, the structure of it slightly so they can patent it and make billions of dollars. OK, but it's going to be the same drug. It's not going to be any different. So one of the one of the problems with this drug, Don, is that if you take it orally, stomach acid destroys it pretty quick. So we, we've injected it into the mice. Now, most chemo is injected by ports and things like this. Yes. So Don could easily be injected in a port ma manner. And the toxicity that would be experienced would pale in comparison to the toxicity that you'd get from that fire, fire thing you were just taking. <laughs> so uh, um, uh, hair follicles do not fall out of your head. Cancer cells do not hide in hair follicles, okay? So whenever you see a bald cancer patient, you know he's being treated by, by someone who really doesn't understand the biology of the disease they're working on because cancer does not hide in hair. So why should you go bald? The, the, the issue here, Don is not going to make you go bald. Um, ketogenic diets aren't going to make you go bald. As a matter of fact, they may encourage hair growth. The, 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 issue, the issue is that most of what we're doing to treat cancer patients is not based on our understanding of what the tumor cell needs uh, to survive. We're not targeting the very core essence of, of the viability of these cells. Without energy, the tumor cell cannot survive. The only way they can get energy is through glucose and glutamine. And Don targets the glutamine and the diet targets the glucose along with embendazole. So you're really putting a world of hurt and you're transitioning the whole body over to ketones, which enhance the health and vitality of the normal cells of the brain and our other cells, but not the tumor cells. So as the blood sugar goes down, all of our normal cells now compete for that sugar, including the brain. And for the first time, uh, the body is now competing directly with the tumor cells for a fuel that, that um, the body cells have the flexibility of using glucose and ketone bodies. The tumor cells are locked in to using only glucose and glutamine. So, uh, but that body doesn't turn on the tumor cell until you lower the blood sugar to a level where the body starts to recognize that we're, that we're under a restricted condition here. And then if you keep that restricted condition long enough, which can vary from one person to the next, the body goes through a surveillance system. All cells in the body must now carry their own weight metabolically. 
So the autophagy, which is the internal eating of organelles to, to make the cells healthier and more fit to survive this new stress. The tumor cells cannot do this because the mutations that they have collected in their nucleus prevent the, met the flexibility they need. The cells in our body are the result of millions of years of harsh evolutionary conditions that we have come through as a species, okay? These tumor cells have compromised and given up that because of the mutations in their nucleus. So what we're doing is simply transitioning the whole body over a, to a paleolithic state, which is inhospitable for the tumor cells. And the body will actually turn on the tumor and eat it and use the fuel from the tumor cells to fuel the rest of the body. Once you get below the threshold, when the body starts to look carefully at who's not carrying their weight for the good of the whole. And this is an evolutionary concept. It's called autolytic cannibalism. And I published, I wrote this chapter in my book on this. And the first time I saw it happen was with the dog that uh, turned on his mast cell tumor and dissolved it. And the mechanism we, we turned was autolytic cannibalism. And I see so many people who have gone on these long water-only fasts uh, to come out with no, no cancer. And what this is, again, the body is turning on the tumor and using it as a fuel for the rest of the cells. And you keep the pressure on these tumor cells, they can't survive. They've got everything going against them. They're not flexible. They got all these different mutations. They're locked into a fermentation metabolism. They've compromised their metabolic flexibility for the, for the success of their uh, uh, dysregulated growth. So you have to, and again, uh, I have just given you uh, a summary of decades of research supporting uh, what I'm saying. So um, it all makes sense. It all works. And it's all based on our understanding of evolutionary biology. And that's another thing. You got to understand evolutionary biology if you really want to manage cancer. People can say whatever they want to say, but this is part of the scientific literacy that will eventually be necessary if people want to know how, in fact, they can manage their cancer without toxicity. Yes. Wow. Um, that was unbelievable. Hey, Carrie. Uh, thank you, Professor. It's even more our, unbelievable our, when you see it when you see it in action. It's even more unbelievable. No, absolutely. And and you know what, Carrie, I think uh, you can say I'm seeing it in action. Um, what I've been do what I've been doing, and and now that I understand the macro the macrophages in, in the immune system, um, and glutamine, this is where I think I struggle with Professor Seaford suppressing the glutamine because I think I got it under control the glucose and. Yeah. Carrie sent me the keto mojo and your uh, your your ratio the the yeah. the, the GKI. I, yeah. I I've got that under control and I'm doing well with diet in yeah. terms of suppressing my glucose with the carnivore diet in particular and um, also pretty good with fasting because I fast every other week. I actually yeah. I haven't eaten all day today. I, I'm going in for chemo. I normally do a five day fast, a four to five day fast around chemo. So I'm suppressing the glucose quite quite a bit. I think I struggle with the glutamine part, and yeah. and that and that makes a lot of sense, uh, Professor Seifert. Yeah, well, that's Especially, why you need the drugs, and and yeah. because there's no diet that can suppress glutamine. It's the most yes. abundant amino acid in our body. It's wow. more than it. Yeah, but what you can, what we, yes, yeah, sure. what we found, um, if you do this fasting and do some good exercise, walking yes. many miles and some moderate lifting, you can actually lower uh, glutamine levels also. Oh, so wow. uh, the exercise component while fasting will, will, will lower, uh, my, my late good friend, 
George Cahill, who is the president of the Joslin Diabetes Center down here in Boston. Um, he did all kinds of studies on diabetic patients, and he was able to share with me many of his findings, which of course I've adapted now over to the cancer population. But he was able to show uh, the transitions that normal cells can make from one fuel uh, to another fuel and showing that blood glutamine can actually go down in fasted people that are exercising. So, wow. uh, but of course, if you want the big hammer to happen fast, you would use a drug that would specifically target the glutamine. You know, yes. that, that, uh, you know that, that would uh, help so many, so many people Kerry here for the Carnivore Diet Movie, and thank you so much for watching our YouTube videos and listening to our podcast. It's because of you and your support that we're able to do this Carnivore Diet documentary. We're making great progress, and I'm not going to stop until we reach millions of people. But we still need to raise more funds in order to film this properly to the level needed to get it on one of these big streaming services. So we're asking for your help. If you would, please visit www carnivoredietmovie.com and once you're there you can sign up for free to our email newsletter and once a week we'll be sending out updates behind the scenes uh, we'll tell you about new meetups we'll give you special invites and things like that completely free sign up there the other thing you can do at the website is purchase our little portable travel size redmond salt shaker with a keychain holder people have been loving these we offered them on our 24-hour live stream you can purchase these right on the website and every proceed every penny that we get from profit goes right towards the carnivore diet documentary and the other thing we have there are the water bottles and the cutting boards they're completely customizable and you can engrave them Every penny from those goes to support the Carnivore Diet documentary. You can also uh, link on over to the GoFundMe. That's where we'll get the most bang for your buck is there. So please visit www.carnivoredietmovie.com. Thank you. So fast. And why that's not available to us. Um, you know, uh, but there are other glutamine drugs that you can look at. There's um, a phenyl, phenyl butyrate, which is a a drug that was made for children with amino acid disorders. Okay. Uh, it was amino acid disorders. Um, I have to excuse these phone. I can't figure out how to shut my telephone off. I've tried to choke it to death, but it's still, <laughs> you know, um, and there's all these, it's what it is, is everybody asking me for the kit, the metabolic therapy kit. Um, yes. So, uh, which I, I, I give to people, you know, yeah, um, you sent it, you sent it to me. That's yeah, thank you very I mean, much. The the, uh, the the idea here is is um, does it work? How many people can live far longer with a higher quality of life if they incorporate metabolic therapy, either alone or with what you're we're doing, Jeff, with uh, with standards of wow. care? So um, absolutely, we're not opposed. Uh, my colleagues, my colleagues from uh, Turkey have used uh, standards of care common chemo drugs, but at much much lower concentrations when patients are in nutritional ketosis. So you can maintain the, the power of the, the drug and minimize the uh, collateral toxicity to the body. So there's yes. these hybrid approaches as, that work as well, uh, you know, as, as opposed to just doing, you know, brute force metabolic therapy, um, you know, but it works. I, I, and, and, and who you had on the, on the guest show here the last time, Kerry, was um, Mag and Braggy, uh, Brad and Maggie Jones. And now they're collecting dozens and dozens of these people that are all like stage four uh, terminal. God, I don't know what they call terminal. I think we're all terminal to some extent. The, 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 pro the problem Thanks. is like, 
who's going to check out faster than the other guy? The, 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 the situation is, I don't know how many of these guys that was told you got nine months, 10 months, one year, and they're all out there doing fine, smiling, you know, part of the, part of the, 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 the evidence that we're accumulating that this stuff actually does work. But the problem is how come there's no clinical trials on it? I mean, that's the biggest problem. And, the, and it's many reasons for that. First of all, if you go to your oncologist, you never heard of it, never been trained. Um, so, so it's a, it's a, a system, a system problem. It's the system is broken. Uh, there's a new path. Uh, there's a new way here to manage cancer without toxicity and people react very, very against it because they should have known about it. They get angry or they never were trained, never heard of it. They continue to think glucose has no effect on tumors. Um, they never heard of glutamine. I mean, you're dealing with a vast lack of knowledge that's so profound. Now, if I had a drug that could do what metabolic therapy could do, I'd be a multi-billionaire in about three weeks. The problem is nobody can figure out how to make any money on this stuff. <laughs> yes. You know, absolutely, I mean, where, I'm always looking, where is the entrepreneur? Will the entrepreneur please come forward? Carrie, Carrie, <laughs> I think you should come forward. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, I, mean, uh, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I get all these hot shots from Harvard University, all these business yes. kids, they're always coming up saying, oh, this is oh, this is like the most amazing thing. We can cure all these cancers with or manage them, not cure them with a no toxicity. We're going to go out. We're going to build this. I never hear from them again. I don't know where they go. I mean, <laughs> well, the amazing thing, too, is all of the other issues outside of cancer. I just did an interview with Professor or with uh, Dr. Georgia Ede. Uh, from Harvard on depression and anxiety when in ketosis and um, it's it's amazing heart disease type 2 diabetes like people are recovering from so many things uh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's incredible it's but there's no money to be made no yeah. well that's the whole thing the only thing that can be made is longer life uh, uh, overall survival and higher uh, quality of life those are the outcome um, apparently it's not worthy of <laughs> not worthy of investment <laughs> Yeah, go and figure that one and, out. <laughs> and you know what, uh, Professor Seifert, I think that's where I'm struggling right now because I, I'm really improving my scientific literacy every single day by studying uh, people like you, um, doctors on YouTube that you know are pushing uh, uh, ketosis. So I'm really starting to understand it, and I'm struggling that you know that my mainstream doctor, like my oncologist is not learning what i'm learning right mm -hmm. so i think the last time we did a call and by the way professor seaford you're you're answering like all my questions and above and beyond so i'm kind of running out of ideas for questions but i, I have a few more um like you, you you already talked about dawn and how it's taken and how much and how often and stuff like that well that, it, it, that, it, that that's the cutting edge right now um yes we're working on dosage timing and scheduling right now in okay. my list and and uh, that's the it, 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 we need to know. And this is what we call non-sexy science. OK, it's not sexy. Yes. Well, I mean, should I take it this much now or wait two days? And, you know, people say, well, this isn't exciting, but it, it's exciting when you live longer doing it. Um, but for the for the field, uh, this kind of research is not what the field thinks is academically exciting, unless you're the one with the cancer. And then, you, you yes. know, you got to know dosage, timing and scheduling is still the cutting edge right now. So yes, yes, when yes. you say, oh, I, I know the drug I need, how often should I take it? What doses should I take? And how should I take it? 
And we're suggesting that you take it when you're in nutritional ketosis with a glucose ketone index of 2.0 or below. Yes. Okay. And I tell you, many people have come to me and said, oh, you know, I've done all this, I've done that, but I can't get my GKI down. My, I said, well, don't eat then. Just drink water. Well, that, that's exactly that's exactly yeah. how I got my uh, GKI down is when yeah. I'm fasting. When yeah. I so a couple days from now, uh, three or four days into my fast, I I always get my son to help me with the the keto mojo pricking my yeah. fingers and everything, yeah. and yeah. I get it to uh, two point one, two point oh. Yeah, so cool. I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with that. But I can only do it when I'm fasting. So yeah. I, from what I'm understanding, I need for me I need to improve on how I'm suppressing the glutamine. And you answer that by fasting and exercising. Yeah. And I think I can do that. The, the biggest problem is uh, I, on a carnivore diet, red meat has a high amount of glutamine in it, right? No, so, it's not. No? It's, uh, no, it, yes, it does. But it's not, that's not the relevant thing. Okay. Uh, that's not the relevant thing. It is true that if you were to take large doses of glutamine, uh, you could potentially make your tumor grow faster. But that's okay. why we have the drugs there. The drugs, the, the the diet, yes, you're always going to have glutamine in the diet and the body will make glutamine. So so um, you have to have the drugs that will that will uh, interfere uh, with any kind of a, 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 a situation. The, the thing about the carnivore diet is it simply lets you get into the lower GKI faster. Yes, I'm not saying, but I but we saw it. We did it with a Mediterranean diet. We've seen it work. We've seen it well, work with the vegan. The problem with the vegan yeah. diet is is there's a lot of carbs in the plants. And you yes. got to be chewing like a farm animal all day long. I mean, not <laughs> not, to, not not to say that it doesn't work. It can. I mean, there are some people that feel they're going to go to hell if they eat a piece of meat. the The, the idea is, uh, if those folks uh, they can do it as well. They just have to, <laughs> they have to eat one string bean a day. I mean, it's just well, you know what, Carrie and Doctor C, uh, Professor Seaford, we had Ronnie Campbell on our round table, and she's a friend of mine in my hometown, and she is in remission now for two or three years, and she did the she did the Mediterranean diet. But the thing was, Carrie, and I'm learning this now from, from Professor Seaford, is when she was fasting, she was exercising a lot. And yeah. really suppressing that glutamine. That's the book right there. There she is exercising. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, you'll, bring, so I, you'll bring the glutamine down. Now, if you did that and took a, just a pinch of Dawn or one of these other glutamine targets, yes, like, yes. oh my God. So you know, Professor that'll, Seifert, that'll just knock the crap out of these tumor cells. You mentioned if you had cancer, you'd be using Dawn. And you also mentioned Mbendazole. And, and, yeah. and from Mbendazole, uh, Carrie, uh, Dr. Hampton had that on his list of things, Mbendazole. Yeah. And to me, I... Am I understanding this right? It's it's more the human version of a parasite medicine, correct? Um, some people have been saying to me offline, they've been saying, "Hey, you need to take fembendazole, which is yeah. the dog the dog dewormer." Can yeah. you can you expand can you expand on both of those things a little bit yeah. more, like uh, yeah. uh, Professor? Well, Seymour, we we we, uh, we published the paper in bioarchives on embendazole, and fembendazole and embendazole are very structurally similar. I really don't think there's going to be that much of a difference between the two. Uh, one of my colleagues said that, you know, embendazole might be better for brain cancer than colon cancer, whereas fenbendazole might be the reverse. But I haven't tested them, but they're structurally very, very similar. And I, I, I suspect they would be equally effective. Um, yet why, uh, and we, the, 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 the argument here is, is that how is it possible that a parasite, whether it's a dog dewormer or a, um, a, 
um, Mbendazole is used in my, my, my colleagues from India when they were growing up, everybody, in, not everybody, many people have worms and stuff and, and they were taking these parasite medications. And then we, as we showed in our publication, the embendazole uh, interferes with both the glucose and the glutamine pathways. Um, so that, so you'd say, well, how is that? What's the mechanism for that? And let me tell you what, in our research, uh, it turns out that parasites and tumor cells use a common pathway to get energy. So it, it, it's, it, and so many of these folks on these, on my uh, comments, on my YouTube videos, so many people think that cancer is a parasite. Cancer is not a parasite. Say that, Jeff, say it. It's cancer not, it's is not, not a it's parasite. Not a, it's not a parasite. So why am I taking a parasite drug? Because the or parasite be? and the tumor cell use a common energy pathway. And okay. the drug doesn't give a damn whether it's a parasite or a tumor cell. It gotcha. targets a pathway common to these two organisms. Gotcha. Okay. These two cell problems. And the par the parasites, interestingly enough, uh, they 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 don't use the pathway when they're reproducing. But as soon as they stop reproducing and settle down in a particular tissue, they use that pathway. So that's why you take the embendazole, fenbendazole to get rid of the parasites. So, so the cancer those, cell is like a, yes. is like uses an energy similar to a parasite, okay. but it's not a parasite. It just happens gotcha. to use a similar pathway. So these parasite drugs work really, really well. And sometimes you, cocktails of them work even better. Do you think, Professor Seifert, it's possibly safe for me to start using embendazole right now while I'm on chemo? Yeah, why not? I bet you okay. better talk to your... The, the question is, what, sure. what is I, I, the dosage that they were giving little children in India that had parasites uh, was 200 milligrams a day for three days. Yes. Okay. And whether that's the, the absolute dosage and timing that we need and scheduling for what we need to do to kill cancer cells is not yet clear. This is, this is where the, the, the medical industry, the oncology industry should be jumping all over this to figure yes. out what is the best doses, timing and scheduling for our cancer patients. They don't want to yes. touch it with a 10 foot pole. Yes. Yeah. So when you say, uh, and I and I read that too, 220 uh, mg's uh, of fenbendazole uh, per day. Um, when you mentioned three days in a row there, well, um, don't forget, I that is not written in granite. Okay, it's 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 we don't know. Uh, so some, I, oh, if you I, look at if you look up uh, Joe Tippins, yes, who, who used fenbendazole for his lung cancer, he answered a lot of the questions that people were asking him. Uh, he gotcha. did a particular he did a particular routine in his case, and he was telling people that you can there's a lot of flexibility you have with these parasite medications. Um, you can you know uh, people will experiment on themselves to know how much they should take. Well, I think I'm ready to do that. I, yeah. I you know Carrie's been coaching me, and I've been I've been reading a lot, and even some other YouTube doctors have been talking to me about it. Yeah. Um. So I think I'm ready, and and maybe on my off week. Um, I, cause I know chemo beats up all the cells in my body quite often. So maybe yeah. my off week, it's something I could integrate and I'm, I'm really going to. Yeah. Consider, well, these, consider this, is the, this is the conundrum that you're experiencing right now. You and, and tens of thousands of other cancer people is that there's no guidance. They have, it's, it's my way or the highway. 
Yes. There's no knowledge about how we're going to integrate metabolic oncology into, into the standard of care. And uh, this is where we, uh, each person is like their own experiment. Yes. And, um, you know, when I was talking to Pablo Kelly today, he had experimented with certain foods that he thought might be good and they backfired on him. And he went out of ketosis and he had some, some uh, breakthrough seizures and things like this, but he gets back on the track and, and, and can bring his body back, back into the zone. So, uh, but again, patients should have guidelines, but the problem is these guidelines do not exist today. Yes. Uh, they're not there. Uh, what we are doing is simply showing the path that will be needed to effectively manage cancer without toxicity. The fine tuning uh, of the path uh, will be the result of these kinds of trials on small groups of people at first, because we can't use the standard way clinical trials are designed. It has to be very different because we're going to be mixing and matching. And then I, you know, I, I spoke to some some oncologists and they said, oh, it's impossible to do what you're saying because we have to have rigid guidelines before we start a clinical trial. And, and, I, and, we, and we have to follow these guidelines because then we won't know what works and doesn't work. And I said, what works is if, a, if, the, if the damn guy is alive five years longer than he should have been. I <laughs> yes. said, it's going to take too many functional brain cells to, to, to know that something is working here. So uh, it's, it has to be a work. Oh, no, we can't do that. It's not fit the, the rigid. Go. We have to throw that shit out. You're trying to keep people alive here, for crying out loud. You know what's not working. You know what can work if we if we adjust dosage, timing, and scheduling the right way with the guidance of knowledgeable people, okay? How long will it take? I don't know. This is the problem. You know, we have a clear plan for success. We're just not implementing it the way we should. And uh, you know, it's very frustrating. I, it, I think, it, it is. You know, I see all these poor guys suffering like incredible you know, dying, miserable deaths, uh, poison and irradiated to the point where they're just a, a, a protoplasmic mass. This is tragedy, tragedy beyond comprehension. And we have a plan and a path and scientific evidence to support a new way to manage cancer. And we can't break through the system to want to do that. So I don't know. It's just, we're just, but we're continuing to prove the science. That's all we can do. And get no, more and more I, I, Maggie absolutely. Jones and Brad Jones patients like yourself and others, and just keep forcing these things. Because I'll tell you, you got cancer, you want to live. Most people want to live, uh, and they're going to do whatever they can. But they go to their doctor thinking that he knows what's going on. Ninety percent of the time, he has no clue. He has no knowledge about what's going on. He knows only what he's been trained to do. He doesn't know the biochemistry and the biology of the disorder that he's treating. And this is the tragedy. Why he didn't know that medical school? Why wasn't this discussed with him when he went through the training process? Does he not know that glucose and glutamine are the only two fuels that can drive the dysregulated growth? It, it, they, it, I mean, this stuff is so solid and yet they know nothing about it. Yes. Unbelievable. The, Unbelievable. I, absolutely. And this is where I'm struggling with Professor Seifert. And my oncologist is a wonderful guy and he's very open to me I, I, I explained everything I'm doing and he's open. He doesn't tell me not to do things. Okay. But at the same time, he, he's not aware of the work you're doing and the things you're teaching your students and the metabolic, the metabolic therapy and how we should be approaching cancer. So it's kind of frustrating because I think in the last round table, you did suggest to me, I could do the pressure pulse with chemo, 
lower the the dosage and the frequency. So when I asked him that, he says all the research says it negative things about doing that, right? So what, I'm trying. What, what, there is no negative. There's no there's no research that says it's this does not he, he, have him give you that show you you ask him for the scientific paper showing you that. Absolutely, I, I think I might because I'm. Well, Ben's going to get upset. Yeah, okay, I know. Because he's not going to have those papers. No, and absolutely. And the other thing, the other thing that that's really tragic with this situation is yes. that these guys fear they're going to, if they do something outside the requirements, outside the standard of care, they could risk losing their license. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's so the there's big no thing. excitement. So there's no the excitement is, to help you. The thing is, uh, Professor Seifert, I just went off the the path of my therapy in terms of every other week. I, I, I grant, I got granted an extra week off because I went to Florida with my family. So I just did. So tomorrow I'm going in for chemo, but I actually had uh, two weeks uh, where I was not having chemo in me. Right. Mm -hmm. So in, as opposed to every other week. So I, I actually, I actually feel really good and I was exercising and I was eating a ketogenic diet. So this is where I want to try to, keep having success with what I'm doing and convince my oncologist to give me chemotherapy once a month, as opposed to twice a month. Right. Cause I think once a month with my metabolic well, therapy, I, my, have, you know I think I mean? you, you also have the option of doing twice a month at half the dose. So at half the uh, dose. Would you, be have, nice you, have, you can talk to him about it, but, but, okay. but the issue of course, is sure. that you're asking him to do, to follow guidelines that are not recommended. That's and right. that's where, and you have to ask him that. Are you going to lose your license if you do this? And if he says I could, then you know he's locked in. He's yes. he's locked yes. in. He can't he yes. can't he can't make the implementation that you might okay. want to talk to Alicia Halekas uh from Minnesota. She okay. runs a she runs a clinic there and um she's very very good and she understands the concepts and she does a lot of good blood work on the patients. Uh okay. she's always following them very very carefully. Um you know, there's a free Libra uh, device that you can attach to your arm that measures glucose all the time. I, and, I, I wear those. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I think there's in the works now, there may be a free Libra that can do a glucose and glutamine simultaneously. Yes. I I heard, I, sorry. Sorry. Uh, uh, glucose and ketone bodies. Glucose ketones, and that's ketone. right. Yeah. So and you can have it on your cell phone. Yes. So you can know when you're falling out. And then when you're on your you can look. Like when we, Dominic D'Agostino and I, we, yes. years ago when we used hyperbaric oxygen, we felt that the, the patient or the mouse should be in the best uh, therapeutic nutritional ketosis before they went into the hyperbaric chamber. So, yes. um, so that, so that the uh, oxygen, the tumor cells will die from uh, oxygen uh, stress. Um, so the hyperoxygen acts That's as good. radiation. It can kill the tumor cell by creating more ROS that only the tumor cells will die from, not the normal cells, which are protected by the ketone bodies. So uh, again, this all depends on the time of the day when you have the singular best lowest GKI that you would either take embendazole, Don, or hyperbaric oxygen, or any of these other supplements yes. or procedures, all working together and then exercise and you put it all together and you develop your routine for your situation to give you the best outcome and so that you feel the best. But all this has to be recorded carefully. You have to be a, a, a you're the pioneer here. You're, you're the one knowing what your body is capable of doing and how well it responds to all this. So again, and you're working with the establishment to help you along as well. Yes. 
The problem is the establishment is not as flexible. Carrie here for the Carnivore Diet Movie, and thank you so much for watching our YouTube videos and listening to our podcasts. It's because of you and your support that we're able to do this Carnivore Diet documentary. We're making great progress, and I'm not going to stop until we reach millions of people. But we still need to raise more funds in order to film this properly to the level needed to get it on one of these big streaming services. So we're asking for your help. If you would, please visit www.carnivoredietmovie.com. And once you're there, you can sign up for free to our email newsletter. And once a week, we'll be sending out updates behind the scenes. Uh, we'll tell you about new meetups. We'll give you special invites and things like that. Completely free. Sign up there. The other thing you can do at the website is purchase our little portable travel size Redmond salt shaker with a keychain holder. People have been loving these. We offered them on our 24-hour live stream. You can purchase these right on the website. And every proceed, every penny that we get from profit goes right towards the carnivore diet documentary. And the other thing we have there are the water bottles, and the cutting boards. They're completely customizable, and you can engrave them. Every penny from those goes to support the Carnivore Diet documentary. You can also uh, link on over to the GoFundMe. That's where we'll get the most bang for your buck is there. So please visit www.carnivoredietmovie.com. Thank you. ...as we would like them to be. For sure. Thank you, uh, thank you Professor Seifert. You... you, you just listening to you talk, I'm understanding things a lot more. My scientific literacy has gone up today. Hey, Carrie. And, um, and, and I feel confident. I feel confident. Like you, you mentioned hyperbaric oxygen chamber. I just started integrating that. I'm going to, I'm going to get this embendazole going as well. I, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to keep talking to my oncologist. I'm going to try and convince him to maybe lower the frequency, try my best. I'm I'm going to ask for a little bit more breaks on chemo. I think too. Yeah, and, where and I, if he can if he can read the it's the press pulse. Press um, pulse. Yeah. Okay, press pulse. You have to realize that I I ad, uh, adapted that from the field of paleobiology. It turns out that our Earth has gone through massive uh, extinctions of organisms over the 4.5 billion years that this planet has existed to our knowledge. Okay, so we had tremendous numbers of organisms on the planet, and then some catastrophic events would happen, uh, a massive amounts of earthquakes shifting the environment. And what happens is you have chronic stress coupled with an acute trauma, and together this led to the mass extinction of organisms. So I adapted the concept of press pulse from the field of paleobiology to stratify how we're going to mass kill cancer cells in the body through the same concept. You press down glucose with diets and you pulse with drugs that will kill, uh, uh, target the glutamine. And together, the tumor cells can't survive without those two fuels and they can't transition to glucose or uh, to ketones or fatty acids. So, so this is the strategy. It's beautiful. It's, it's linked to all of the concepts that we understand in, in biology. So, and it can be used to manage and resolve uh, cancers. It's yes. just that we're not quite familiar with all the techniques and, and modifications that we need to perfect this strategy. That's where uh, that's where it is right now. Absolutely. And um, you know what, Professor Seifert, I, I know you, you keep hitting home and I think everybody listening to this today 
is going to understand the two of you fuel sources are glucose and glutamine. But I'm going to play devil's advocate here a little bit and mention that some people say as a backup fuel source, fatty acids and ketones, some cancer cells will use it as a fuel source. Is that true? I, I can't find them. In okay. fact, I've offered a crisp $100 bill to my students <laughs> to show me a tumor cell that can survive on fatty acids and ketone bodies in the absence of glucose and glutamine. And so far, I have not lost the $100 bill. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, I've thrown That's it good. out to the entire cancer industry. So, wow. so what happens, let me tell you what happens. Sure. This is a little bit of a deeper dive now. Brace yourself. Okay. Um, the, the fatty acids are known to be mitochondrial uncouplers. Okay. What that means is they uncouple the, the synthesis of ATP uh, from oxygen. So oxygen, normal, we're breathing, all of us, you, me, uh, Carrie, we're all breathing. Um, oxygen is the uh, acceptor of electrons uh, through the mitochondrial electron transport chain. So we can make ATP. ATP, adenosine triphosphate, is the chemical of, of energy. That's our energy source adenosine triphosphate, made predominantly in the mitochondria through oxidative respiration. And that's why we're breathing. But there are some uh, some things that can uncouple, which means that the cell continues to take oxygen, but you've broken the link to make ATP, okay? So it, it you in other words, it looks like the cell is breathing, but it's not making the energy. Um, now, what fatty acids can do is, un and when the cell is uncoupled, it has to get energy. So it uses fermentation, which is glucose and glutamine. So what happens sometimes fatty acids can make it look like it's driving the tumor growth. As long as glucose and glutamine are present in the air, in the micro environment, the fatty acids will uncouple the mitochondria, forcing the cell to suck in more glucose and glutamine. And thereby, if they don't understand the biochemistry, they'll say, oh, tumor cells use fatty acids to grow. Yeah, as long as they have glucose and glutamine in the environment, that's possible. But if you take glucose and glutamine out of the environment, the fatty acid can't do anything because it's, it, 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 it can't be fermented, nor can the ketone body. So a lot of folks make this mistake because they don't understand the fundamental issues of the biochemistry and the biology of the problem. So yes, many people will say, oh, that tumor can burn, prostate cancer can use fatty acids. No, it can't. Show me the damn prostate cancer cells using fatty acids in the absence of glucose and glutamine. You know, so no, we've looked into all of this stuff and we've tested it. We've interrogated all this. And you know, yes, the problem sure. is the, the convention, the media, um, you know, they try to do their best, but the, unfortunately the misinformation is so profound um, you know, it's, and for the guy who doesn't know much, which includes the patient and the oncologist, um, you just get a whole bunch of crap that can't be interpreted. Oh, he said this. Oh, he said that. Oh no, this cancer can do that cancer. Do that. Listen, we're testing all that. We can't find anybody. We can't find any tumor cell that can, that can get energy, uh, through respiration sufficient enough to replace glucose. Glucose and glutamine are what we've seen is the, is the, is the weak link from all these tumors. So, um, yes, I've tested fatty acids. No, fatty acids cannot replace glucose and glutamine for energy, nor can lactic acid. That's another one. Oh, lac tumors eat lactic. They crap out lactic acid. They don't use <laughs> lactic acid for energy. So, um, 
you know, that's and, good. That's good because lactic acid. W- if I'm exercising, sometimes I could build up some lactic acid, right? And and that's yeah, something. Well, now, 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 yes, that's true. And the Corey uh, Saul and Gertie Corey got the Nobel Prize for the Cor- their Corey cycle. And what they showed was that if you exercise vigorously, your muscles lose their ability to get enough energy from oxygen, and they start to ferment, producing lactic acid. The lactic acid goes to the liver. And the, and the liver, two molecules, two, lactic, two lactates are conjugated in the liver to a glucose molecule, which then comes back to the muscle. And you're right. The cancer cells, if they're throwing out massive amounts of lactic acid into the circulation, that lactic acid can go to the liver and come back to the tumor in the form of glucose. But if you're suppressing glucose while you're doing all this exercise, the probability yes. of getting much back to the tumor is going to be minimal. So again, yes. you have to understand the data that you collect from in vitro experiments, culture dish experiments, versus living animals and humans experiments. So you have to be able to dis- distinguish and understand the differences between these two environments before you can fully understand the bigger picture of what's going on in cancer cells under these different conditions in different environments. I know it's a lot of stuff, but- um, no, I- Carrie, Carrie, this is a video I'm going to be re-watching like <laughs> 10 times, 10 times, because yeah. this, is, this is unbelievable. Well, the, other thing, yeah. the other thing too, Jeff, listen, Yes, I have not been able to go into the necessary depth because it's a whole semester class I give this thing, right? Twice I'm, I'm going to sign up okay. for that class, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, I published a lot of this. A lot of this is already published in the scientific literature under my name, open access. So anybody that has a computer and Google can ask and go and get the Press Pulse paper that I wrote. Okay, you can get uh, uh, how cancer cells get energy. You can get the papers on how they metastasize. All of this stuff is out there. And it's it's very depth. And my book, the book that I wrote um, has a lot of it in here. You know, I'm really surprised. I'm selling more copies of this book now than I did when it was first published. Unbelievable. So um, I'm, I, have know, that. I have to get that book, ago, you know, um, so it's, 12 years, 12 years ago, you wrote that book. Yeah. But I, but the problem is every, oh, you know, the biggest complaint is on this book too expensive, you know, the John Wiley press, they're in the textbook. They're uh, one of the top scientific publishers. I mean, when it came out, it was $156 for this book. You know, everybody wants something for 1999, <laughs> you know, you know uh, <laughs> unfortunately I had no control over the price of the book. But there's another book um, uh, uh, by, uh, let me show you this one. You might want to look at this. Let me get it. Okay. Um, (laughs) Carrie, can Santa Claus bring me these books or what? (laughs) Yeah, Santa Claus. (laughs) This book, this is an interesting book that was written by uh, Angie Choi. You might want to speak to Angie. Um, She had uh, terminal cancer also. And she adapted the metabolic therapy, got really healthy, and then wrote the book. So, um, nice. and she has a, a, how she did it. And I'm not saying what you do and what she did and what everybody's doing. J.J. Uh, Tracon, uh, flying high, he, he had terminal kidney cancer. And he did metabolic therapy. And now he's, he's write, written a book on his experience. Pablo wants to write a book on his experience. Everybody who seems to survive terminal cancer wants to write a book on it. <laughs> I'm I'm I, I'm a high school gym teacher. I, I I'm not the greatest at reading and writing. Well, don't, listen. If you have a story to tell, um, well, the, the you, you YouTube, can tell it. 
the YouTube world has been helping me out and Carrie's been helping me out big time. Yeah. Um, but you're, you're so, you're so right. We, we, you have to take things in your own hands and you have to educate yourself. You have to understand scientific literacy. And I, and I've learned so much today from you, professor secret. I, I you know, I'll thank you. I want to thank you so much. Hey, you're welcome. I, I just have one question. If we have time, I know we're near the end of the sure. hour. Uh, Professor Seifert, this was the most frequently asked question on the last video we did together. I'm interested in pursuing metabolic therapy for cancer. What steps should I take? How can I find a clinic or doctor who specializes in this approach? This is the biggest problem. I mean, yes. we we know we have a clear plan in the kit, and we're also writing a very comprehensive uh, treatment protocol for this. So we got to get that published. Um, you know, here's the tragedy. And this is the thing, uh, Jeff, you might, Carrie, you might want to consider this. Um, the change is going to come, in my mind, predominantly from the people. Where the people come and say, where the hell can I get that? Why are you guys not, not knowing about this? Why are, you, why are there's no practitioners that say, and be, or be very cautious, because there's some people out there that are saying, oh, we're using Seafried's uh, uh, metabolic uh, protocol, and they're not. Yes. Okay. So, um, you know, I, I gave you the outline of what, of what you need to do. If these folks aren't doing that, uh, you, you steer, steer clear, uh, of them. So yes. And the other thing, extremely important, we have made a cancer to be a hundred different diseases. Um, uh, the hospitals, Dana Farber, MD Anderson, Sloan Kettering, they all claim that they have the experts for your specific cancer. All these cancers are very similar. They can't live without glucose and glutamine. So yeah. that's a shocker. And breast cancer, colon cancer, bladder cancer, brain cancer, lung cancer, we have found them all to have the same problem. They can't live without glucose and glutamine. So one of the things that could be done by those who are really interested, unite the tribes. We should not have breast cancer different from colon cancer, different from lung cancer. These guys are all the same. Unite the tribes, march on Washington, tell the federal government that we have a plan to manage cancer non-toxically based on hard science. Why the hell are we not doing it? Get the breast cancer people. But the problem is when you go to pink ribbons and breast cancer, um, you know, the Susan Coleman Foundation is in bed with the pharmaceutical companies. So the people have to un unite. It's got to be the people themselves that have to unite. And the unite around one common problem, cancer. It, it yeah. can't live without glucose and glutamine, can't burn fatty acids and ketone bodies. We have a clear path to manage this disorder. The problem is it's so the information is so fragmented and separated and the misinformation and all this kind of stuff that's going on. Even the federal government's page on the National Cancer Institute says cancer is a genetic disease. I mean, nothing could be further from the truth. So even the federal government, our, our so-called leaders in the field, seem to not understand this. Or if they understand it, they can't challenge the problem because the, the system is so locked into what we're doing now as part of the standard of care. That has to be either modified significantly or removed. Get out of the way. If it's not going to be part of the solution, get out of the way. Because You're it's absolutely right. And I... Yeah. And I, and I, uh, I don't know if you want to edit this out later, Carrie, but I have a hard time donating to cancer research. 
when they're collecting it in the mall and, and at, at functions yeah, yeah. and this and that, because, because it's not going to the right things. It's not going like when someone says, Hey, Jeff, can you donate to this cancer? I go, no, they're not. These people aren't studying the things I'm studying right now. Or yeah, we can always ask them. And you know, you have the people who are raising money and yeah. so going to cancer research. What kind of research are you talking about? Yes. You know, exactly. what kind of funding are you giving? Is it metabolic though? They mostly, I, I don't know where it's going. In fact, there's no accountability. That's another thing. There's no accountability. If we're investing millions and millions of dollars into a problem and we get worse and worse outcomes, what the hell? I mean, yes. this is the, this is like nuts. I mean, when you say, oh, I'm, I feel good about donating $100 to the, you know, the Colon Cancer Foundation. Well, how come all these people are getting colon, colon cancer? There's no, uh, there's no accountability where all the money's going. They just, people feel good. And then they're going to go out and run and exercise. And that's good. That that helps them. That, that you're going to benefit more from running for the foundation than giving the money to the foundation. That's <laughs> terrible. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, stuff is like nuts when you realize, you know, how many different programs are just like screwed up doing all this stuff. But you know, I track down for the different foundations. I look at um, the scientific advisory committee for the different foundations, and I go and I said, okay, who's on the scientific advisory committee? And you look at the names, they have to say it. It's a public it's a public foundation. So they got to say this doctor, this doctor. So then you just go into PubMed and you ask, what are the papers they're publishing? What kind of research yes. are they publishing? And you find out they're all doing uh, stuff related to the somatic mutation theory. They're not, they're not, <laughs> so, you, so you know, you might as well take your money and flush it down the drain. You know, um, and uh, President Obama's, uh, he was, when he was vice president, he had the moonshot project. And now as a president, he's pushing the moonshot. This is mostly for immunotherapy, immunotherapies. Okay, yes. that's the new hot thing, Keytruda, Optiva, all this stuff. It's all based on the somatic mutation theory. So it might help a few folks, but it's not going to be the solution no. to the problem. That's a $100 million investment in that, in that organization. Yes. So, and, and, and now um, breast cancer has replaced heart disease as the number one killer of women over 40, 40 years of age. And we're dumping millions and millions of dollars into this breast cancer stuff. And nobody seems to ask where the hell's all this money going? How come there's no, how come there's no improvement in anything? They're not asking the right questions because the theory under which they're treating the cancer is incorrect. And that explains the majority of it. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've generated. Carrie here for the carnivore diet movie. And thank you so much for watching our YouTube videos and listening to our podcast. It's because of you and your support that we're able to do this carnivore diet documentary. We're making great progress, and I'm not going to stop until we reach millions of people. But we still need to raise more funds in order to film this properly to the level needed to get it on one of these big streaming services. So we're asking for your help. If you would, please visit www.carnivoredietmovie.com. And once you're there, you can sign up for free to our email newsletter. And once a week, we'll be sending out updates behind the scenes. Uh, we'll tell you about new meetups. We'll give you special invites and things like that. Completely free. Sign up there. The other thing you can do at the website is purchase our little portable travel size Redmond salt shaker with a keychain holder. People have been loving these. We offered them on our 24-hour live stream. You can purchase these right on the website. And every proceed, every penny that we get from profit goes right towards the carnivore diet documentary. And the other thing we have there are the water bottles, and the cutting boards. They're completely customizable, and you can engrave them. Every penny from those goes to support the Carnivore Diet documentary. You can also uh, link on over to the GoFundMe. That's where we'll get the most bang for your buck. 
is there. So please visit www.carnivoredietmovie.com. Thank you. More questions. So I think probably in like six months from now, we got to do another call. I think. <laughs> I know, hey, 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 Jeff, I'll be really yes. happy if you call me in five years. Okay. That's what I want. That, as thank you. As, thank as you. long as I'm not in the home demented, I'll be happy to <laughs> answer your questions. I'll come visit you in that home. Okay? Right. I'll come visit you. <laughs> no, thank you, Professor C. Right. Uh, Sean Baker said the same thing. He wants to do an interview with me five years from now. Yeah, so, yeah. And that's, 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 my, that's my goal. Yeah. Then you become a real powerful statement on the, on the whole situation. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. To help others for sure. Well, thank you so much, Professor Seafried. I really appreciate it. For anyone watching, I'll have links in the description below to Professor Seafried's uh, website, to his Press Pulse paper. We also have the Cancer Action Plan that Jeff and I put together. Yes. It's just free resources. There's videos from Brad and Maggie's documentary on there, Jeff's regimen. So we'll have links to everything in the description below. Thank you so much, Professor yeah, and Seafried. And everybody who emails me, uh, I send them out that link to Jeff's uh, uh, thing. You should get a million vo a million uh, things for that pretty soon. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, so that'll that'll be a, another thing on the horizon that will be very helpful, I think, for sure. Absolutely. Okay, gentlemen, nice speaking with you today. Enjoy yes. the rest of your week, and let's hope the snows don't bury us all. <laughs> yes, that's right. Same to you. Thank you. Uh, Thank, okay, you. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Bye now.